You're listening to the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 67 of the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. Apologies for the unplanned break since the last episode, but I completely lost my voice in the week following episode 66. Uh, We're back now though, and we have plenty to talk about. Kaz and Chris can't make it at the time of recording, but they should hopefully be back next week to complete the trio once again. I'll start by looking back at the Man City game then, a couple of weeks ago at the Academy Stadium. Marta Tejador made two changes from the side that beat Everton. Rachel Williams and Chloe Arthur coming in for Harriet Scott and the injured Lucy Stanley fourth. She obviously uh, picked up an injury during the England international break. Uh, We looked composed for the first 25 minutes, I thought. Uh, Vasali and Williams linked well in an advanced position, but we were still trying to play the ball out from the back a bit too much, inviting unnecessary pressure. If you're near your own six-yard box, don't try and pass your way out. Sometimes the safety first option is okay. Just get rid of it and relieve the pressure. The opener came in the 27th minute. A corner from the near side falls to Kira Walsh on the edge of the area. She strikes it and it's deflected off of Abby Grant and into the back of the net. It was unfortunate the the Grant slipped as she closed it down, but I still think the team as a whole reacted slowly to Walsh and could have closed her down more prior to the shot. As the first half drew on, you could see that Rachel was being very isolated up front. The support she had earlier in the half was gone and she was chasing shadows. The time she did have the ball and get it down, she had no one to pass to. Half-time arrived and the two teams were soon back out again as Man City caught us shortly after the restart. Adrian Jordan was caught forward and City broke the pace, so despite her best efforts to get back, the cross comes in and Tessa Woolart fires home at the near post. Uh, Rebecca Holloway lost her marker in the build-up, but she's still learning that new position playing centre-back. It happens, and Blues have a mountain to climb after this. It was 2-0 down. Uh, Janine Becky then fails to convert a one-on-one when she beats the offside trap and takes on Hannah Hampton. Hannah does well to uh, to save the ball. Tessa Wallart and Lauren Hemp then strike the post for City. The chances continue to pile up for the high-flying Manchester side. As the game started to fizzle out, the last 30 minutes were a bit quiet compared to the rest of the game. City made it free. Substitute Lee Gin Min lost her marker and turned in Hemp's cross at the back post. It was another one of those where slipping concentration and teams like Man City will punish you. Up until this point, we were competitive in the league. Narrow losses to Everton and West Ham United. But it was one of those that showed, to me at least, how far we'd dropped off since last season. Obviously, it's understandable given that we've had such an overhaul of loss of 10 first-team players. But we just aren't at Man City's level anymore. We might be in the future, but at the moment we aren't able to compete for the full 90 minutes. Speaking of the 90 minutes, we had zero shots on target in the whole game. And if you can't test the keeper, then it's near impossible that we're going to pick up points against the top sides. Moving on to the Leicester City game now then, and it was a much-needed win for the Blues. A 5-1 win, to be exact, with Rachel Williams, Lucy Staniforth and Adrian Jordan all on the score sheet. 
Birmingham started strongly, Abby Grant forcing a save from the keeper early on. After 15 minutes pushing for a goal, it finally arrived, Rachel Williams latching onto a loose ball before driving into the box and firing into the net. Sarah Mayling had a headed goal disallowed for offside shortly after, before Alex Brooks, who was starting her first game in goal for the Blues, was denied, denying a Libby Smith goal that could have led to an equaliser up the other end. Uh, the close call up, that, up in our defence shook Blues back into business mode, and they doubled their lead shortly after with a wonderful team goal. Williams, Mailing, and Lucy Whip all combined in the build-up before Williams slotted it across to Lucy Staniforth, who tapped home 2-0 at the break. Rachel then added her second after the restart with a headed finish before Adrian Jordan got her first for the club, poking the ball home under keeper Scarlett Field. 4-0. Leicester fans didn't have much to celebrate on Sunday, but they grabbed a consolation goal in the 63rd minute. Former Arsenal youth player Lacante Paul was tripped by Scott in the area. Penalty. She dusted herself off and buried the ball into the net. The Blues wrapped up the win 10 minutes from time as Staniforth rifled home across goal to make it 5-1 at the final whistle. We now turn our attentions to the weekend and the return of the Women's Super League. Birmingham City welcomed Liverpool to Damson Park on Sunday. It's going to be a huge game for both clubs as they look to get their first league wins of the season. Liverpool also won 5-1 at the weekend, beating Midlands side Coventry United in the League Cup. A hat-trick from former Blues striker Kirsty Lynette fired the Reds to victory. This game on Sunday is a big one. You can forgive a defeat to Man City, a side who's challenging for the title, but if we lose to Liverpool, then the alarm bells will start ringing. It's early days, but we need to be beating the likes of Liverpool, Bristol City and Brighton Hove Albion if we want to survive relegation this season. That's not to say this will be an easy task, but if we play to the best of our ability, I think we will have enough to win on Sunday. Rachel Williams has three goals now, averaging a goal every 74 minutes this season since coming back from injury. She is yet to complete a 90 minutes, but she can't be far away now. If she gets the support against Liverpool on Sunday, she will cause them problems. Defensively, I think we had our best back four out against Leicester last Sunday. Harriet Scott, Keris Harrop, Rebecca Holloway and Adrian Jordan. This frees up Sarah Mailing to play further forward, and by the sounds of it, had a great game supporting the front line against Leicester. Hannah Hampton is likely to return in goal in place of Alex Brooks, who is presumably the keeper who's going to be playing the cup games. I think she only missed the game against Everton in the cup because she had a concussion that she suffered in training. As far as the midfield goes, though, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Lucy Staniforth came back into the side after missing the City game alongside Chloe Arthur. Will we see that pairing again against Liverpool, or will Brianna Vasali win her place back? Lucy Whip looks to have added a fresh impetus to the Blues' attack, having started in place of Claudia Walker against Leicester. I called for her to be given another chance after not starting a game since the loss to Everton on the opening day. She certainly looks to be a player who's ready to grasp her opportunities when they come. Looking at Liverpool now then, Anka Preuss is likely to return in goal after Frank Kitchen got the nod in the cup game against Coventry. Vice-captain Neve Fahi wasn't even on the bench for their game against Coventry, but I would suggest she'll be back for this one against Birmingham. That is likely to mean Leanne Robe is moved back to left-back with Gemma Perfield dropping to the bench. 
From what I've seen of Robe this season, she looks stronger at centre-back, so this could be a player Blues will look to isolate and beat in a 1-2 situation on the wing. Going forward, Liverpool have plenty of pace in the likes of Rinsola Babajide. Keris and Bex will need to be wary of her trying to beat them for pace on the counter. Former Birmingham City player Mel Lawley could start on Sunday after being rested against Coventry 2. They've got the likes of Kirsty Lynette, another former Blue, who might have something to say about that though, especially after scoring three goals against Coventry. Another one to look out for is Neve Charles, who scored the winner against Blues at Liverpool, I think it was a couple of seasons ago. When you have the list of players that Liverpool have, you can be forgiven to being a bit surprised about their start to the season, but they just aren't threatening the opposition keeper enough. A bit, bit like us, really. We're just not creating enough chances and testing the keeper. But if we keep ourselves solid at the back, I think we should have enough to nullify their attack and to get the win on Sunday. My prediction for the score is going to be Birmingham City 2, Liverpool 1. Get in touch with us at GreatSince68 on Twitter to share your score predictions with us. And if you've enjoyed the show this week, then please share it with your friends. The show is a bit shorter than normal this week due to Chris and Kaz being a bit busy. But because of that, I think I'll add some um, interviews from the archive with a few players. So you will hear from Rachel Williams and Harriet Scott. Two interviews I did last season, so I hope you enjoy it. If you're a new listener, if you have already heard them, I hope you enjoy them again. So here you are. Thank you for listening and enjoy these interviews. Obviously, having lived through the demise of Notts County, is um, you are you hopeful that a fully professional league will um, work going forward? I hope so, and then I can finally start working. He's trying to do the plastering and obviously the training and be a full-time player. It's hard work. So yeah, just every year has proven that the WSL is getting bigger and better. You know, more people are investing in it. We're getting more fans. We're getting more players, like especially younger girls, watching us, being we're role models for them, and they want to get in a place. So hopefully, it's just going to get better and better. In 2011, you were the top goal scorer in the Women's Super League. What was that season like for you? Awesome. I mean, I'll, I'll never go back on that. That year was my best year, and I couldn't have done it without the players and the staff around me that year. Um, I had a really good run at it. And my, my season this year has changed. I mean, I'm playing just behind the forward. Um, but I've never felt pressured to score. And that, that year, I was, I've never been a forward. I'm a midfielder. And that year, Marcus just asked me to go and be a forward and do a job. And I enjoyed every minute of it. And we did really well. So I just, I'll just i play anywhere. As long as I'm playing, I'll play anywhere. I'll even go and goal if I have to. <laughs> and uh, probably the fans know um, pretty much everything there is to know about you, Rachel. But is there anything else you, you, you can think of that they might not know about you? Maybe a story from your time with other clubs or just anything that you'd like to share? Something that people don't know about me. Maybe the fact that I'm half Jamaican. People don't realise that, so it's a bit of a secret. When I tell people that, they're like, oh, really? Yeah, that's probably about it. People are, having, people are shocked when I say, yeah, my dad's from Jamaica. They're like, well, where's your afro? I'm like, you don't need an afro to be Jamaican. What's your favourite Caribbean dish? It's got to be my grandma's chicken and rice. But if we go carnival, then, yeah, I'd have uh, mutton. Yeah. Mutton and rice, that's the best. How are you settling in? I think quite well. The girls, it's been made so easy because the girls have been so welcoming. I'm living in the player house at the moment and it's a, a home from home really already and the, the team have been more, more and more welcoming. Uh, the Mark and all the staff have settled me in straight away. They're really trying to integrate me into the way that we want to play here and yeah, I'm loving it so far. You were a part of the title winning Reading side that gained promotion to the top flight in 2015. Try and describe that, that season, what it, was, what it was like from your point of view. 
feels like a lifetime ago now. Uh, yeah, no, it was really good. It was um, so we were part time at that point, and it was a really exciting time because it was you know you had something to really really fight for. Uh, it was a really hard league to be in. It's really quite a hard league to progress through, um, but we kind of stayed strong to what we wanted to do, and yeah, to gain promotion, being a full time player was unbelievable. And something I'll never forget. You were named Republic of Ireland's Player of the Year earlier this year. Did you expect to be in the running for such an award? No, not at all. Even a year before that, I wasn't even involved in the Irish senior setup, so I just was enjoying my time kind of within the international fold. And then, yeah, to be even nominated along the players that I was nominated alongside, so Megan Campbell and Denise O'Sullivan, I was even just ecstatic to be invited to the awards, let alone to actually get there and end up winning it. But it's great. Injuries hampered your season last year, but that probably goes to show how just how well you did for club and country last season to win such an award. Yeah, I had a like you said, an unfortunate injury last season. It just came at the wrong time, but yeah, so it, it just because obviously it took into account the whole year, and I kind of come into the Irish setup and I played every minute of it until I was injured. So I, and Colin, who's our, my island manager, was very vocal about what we'd done for each other and how well the whole team was doing and yeah I was just the fortunate one that managed to win that award in the end but I think a whole host of people could have won that award. A little quick fire Q&A to finish this. Tea or coffee? Coffee. (laughs) Just. Music or podcast? Podcast. Summer or winter? Winter. Rock or pop? Pop. Champions League or Women's Super League? Women's Super League. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Since 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on.